0: Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. For you are the God of my salvation, and for you I wait all day long. Psalm 25, verse 5. Let's hear now some cold, hard facts. The average person today spends over three and a half hours per day on a smartphone. The average person today spends over four hours per day watching television, and of those who watch cable news, over two hours per day watching that. The average person today spends over two and a half hours each day just on social media. The average person today spends less than one hour per week engaged in church or Bible study. For you are the God of our salvation, we say with the psalmist. And for you we wait all day long. But do we really? How about a few more facts? According to polls, the number one ambition of a great many people in America today is to be famous. This over having a career, a family, a life of integrity, all of it to be famous. The number two ambition? To be rich. Meanwhile among younger Americans the greatest ambition according to many polls is to become a social media influencer. Fortunately according to one such poll only 41 percent of us who are over the age of 35 want to be social media influencers. Only 41 percent of us. Also popular as a life ambition these days, in other words, as a goal for life, to be physically fit, i.e. physically desirable, with a great many folks, according to polls, spending over an hour per day exercising. The average person today spends one hour per week or less volunteering in any capacity. Yes, you are the God of our salvation, we say with the psalmist, and on you we wait all day long. But again, I ask, do we really? Listen now to Mark chapter 1. And Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts. In the wilderness, tempted by the great tempter himself, there with wild beasts. All these years later, we read a text like this and we wonder what does this mean? That is, what might this have even looked like? He was tempted by Satan? He was with wild beasts? Well, thank heavens he withstood this onslaught, we think to ourselves, but thank God we don't have to undergo such trials and temptations as these. But don't we, though? Don't we indeed have to undergo trials and temptations just like these? Are we ourselves not tempted by the tempter every single day and constantly surrounded by wild beasts? Oh sure, these things that tempt us may not look like wild beasts, but that's what they indeed are. They may look like an Amazon Prime logo, or a partially eaten apple, or a fair and balanced news set, or a lowercase f in a square of blue, but lest we be mistaken, these are indeed wild beasts. And they may likewise whisper sweet nothings to us of the glamour of fame or of the comfort of wealth or of the allure of being physically desirable or any number of other such seductions. But be not mistaken, these are the voice of the tempter. For this is indeed the same voice. In fact, it is the exact same playbook as that used years ago in the wilderness with Jesus. According to Matthew's and Luke's account of this same moment, the tempter took three different approaches when trying to distract Jesus from the psalmist's call to wait upon the Lord and to look to God for his salvation. Three different approaches. I will make you powerful. I will make you famous. I will make you stress-free and comfortable. Oh, he puts it in different language than this, of course, but this is what he tells Jesus. Just check out Tommy Brown's great new book, The Ache for Meaning, which unpacks all of these temptations, and which Tommy himself will be preaching on at our spring retreat. You can register online or by calling the church office. Yes, these same three promises I will make you powerful. I will make you famous. I will make you stress-free and comfortable. Who among us, I ask you, does not want to cozy up to wild beasts such as these? Yes, turning back to those statistics I cited a moment ago, We spend all that time focusing our attention on things other than Christ Jesus. On things other than the way of life that he modeled for us. On things other than the crucifixion that his way of life led to and the resurrection that assures us that his way is the way to be most fully human even if his way did cost him his life and his reputation. Oh, sure, we spend close to an hour each week thinking about such things. But what is one hour a week spent learning such things as these in the face of countless hours each week spent unlearning them? The late pastor Tim Keller, in his profound little book, Counterfeit Gods, the empty promises of money, sex, and power, and the only hope that matters. In that profound little book, Keller writes this, and I quote An idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart of hearts. If I have that, then I'll feel my life has meaning. Then I'll know I have value. Then I'll feel significant and secure. End quote. Another way of putting this would be to say that such things are wild beasts. Things that surround us in the wilderness of this broken world, tempting us to make them matters of ultimate concern, lest we tame them and make them blessed adjuncts to our everyday lives. In other words, if one does like Jesus, taking the psalmist's words to heart, and truly learning of and waiting on Creator God, truly looking to Him for salvation, then he or she, like Jesus, will not be overtaken by these wild beasts, but will instead tame them, domesticating them in such a way that he or she will naturally perceive how to use them in service of a faithful life. But if one fails to do like Jesus and instead takes to heart the whispers and the seductions of these wild beasts, looking for salvation in and through them, well, then he or she will begin to interpret the way of Jesus through the characteristics of these counterfeit gods. In which case, rather than, say, engaging social media or watching YouTube with whispers in mind of blessed are the meek and blessed are the peacemakers, thereby informing the process by which we interpret such things we're watching, instead, one will naturally invert things and will instead read the Bible with whispers in mind heard from social media and YouTube, reading with whispers of don't trust those other people, Whispers of, look how God wants to make you rich and famous in our minds as we read. Follow that? Rather than, say, engage cable news with whispers in mind of biblical language like, I am gentle and lowly of heart, and go thou and do likewise, one will instead approach Christian worship with whispers in mind from cable news, whispers like, why aren't we railing against those horrid people who are ruining the world even now? Why aren't we as a people of faith standing up and condemning them? I could, of course, go on and on, but the principle in each case would be the same which is that if we tame the wild beasts of our lives and learn to subordinate them to the way of Jesus, then these things can become great gifts. But if we cozy up to these wild beasts, they will soon come to rule over us, twisting the gospel of Christ Jesus into a perverse parody of that which it really is. In recent years, books with titles such as these have become bestsellers An Age of Anger, The Decadent Society, Generation Me, The Impulse Society, Why We Are Polarized, The Anxious Generation, and on and on and on. Such books are so popular because they identify something endemic to the moment in which we live, which is that, to paraphrase the psalmist, quote, we look for salvation through counterfeit gods, and on them we wait all day long. And As counterfeit gods, these are gods that will inevitably, in the end, Turn on us and fail us." Nearly a year after Jesus had undergone his own wilderness experience, having been with the wild beasts himself and having successfully tamed them, he looked out and he saw a crowd of others in the wilderness. A crowd of others wrestling, in effect, with the wild beasts. And according to the gospel, he had compassion on them, quote, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So having been there himself, having been there and having overcome, Jesus therefore says to them, Take my way upon you and learn of me. For my way is gentle. And my burden is light. Take my way upon you and learn of me. For my way is gentle and my burden is light. Dear family, in the end, it doesn't come down to a question of whether we will or will not look for salvation in a God. Instead, it comes down to a question of which God will we look for salvation in? Will it be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? The God who spun the world into being and who revealed himself most clearly in the person of Jesus of Nazareth? Or will it be one of any number of counterfeit gods? These gods that look so powerful and seductive at first glance, but who soon enough reveal themselves to be wild beasts. Dear family, our lives are spent in the wilderness. Such is the reality of living in a fallen, broken world. And the wild beasts will continue to surround us always. For such is the way of the tempter." Will we tame them? Or will we be taken over by them? Will we become more like Jesus? Or will we turn Jesus into something altogether beastly? The stats, I'm afraid, are not in our favor. But thankfully, the God of all creation is. So, here in this Lenten wilderness, let us look to Him for our salvation and let us wait for Him all day long. And all God's people said, Amen. And I'll be down.